So, we're recording this a bit later in the day than we normally do on a Saturday because I just got back from my first day that I've had in a very long time. That's so exciting. I'm so excited for you. Mm, yes, I'm very excited. It was very good. And I don't know why I'm talking like Minnesota. <laughs> we were talking in Midwestern accents earlier, and it's really funny to hear V um, do an American accent, especially a Midwestern accent, because um, you have absolutely no context of what how you're talking to you. No, I do not. No. <laughs> <laughs> I've got no clue. I am screaming. <laughs> um, well, my name is Meg. I am one of your co-hosts for Horror Hunts and the marvelous, wonderful, lovely. V. 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 Yeah, yeah. I'm your other co-host. And yeah, yeah, we're playing another game today. Yeah. <laughs> I'm excited. Hold on. Before we get to our game, though. Oh, okay. Does your date listen to the podcast? I don't think they do. But I will force them to, because, you know. Well, no, what what I was going to say was that would be very um, interesting and probably something that I would do if I had a date with somebody that said that they were a podcaster, quote unquote, or making a podcast. The first thing I would do um, the following week is go and listen to their podcast to see if they talked about me. <laughs> Just because I'm a nosy bitch like that, but, you know. Me too. I'm so fucking nosy when it comes to that sort of thing. But I don't think they do. Um, I don't know if they will. Because they, they, they're they not the biggest fan of horror. Like, their favourite horror film is Cabin in the Woods. Which I appreciate oh. the taste. I appreciate the taste. Yes, I was thinking also because one of our other friends, we were talking to them about my podcast. And I was like, we should interview you one day, Connor. And they were like... Um, no, I don't think that'd be wise because I don't like horror. And I was like, but I would love to interview somebody who doesn't like horror. You can tell me why. Yeah. So that might be fun to do one day. But yeah, um, V mentioned earlier that we are going to be playing another game today. And I am super, super excited for this. Today, we are going to be playing our first ever verses. So what that means is that me and V are going to be talking about two totally separate things. Um... And our first ever verses is going to be vampires versus werewolves. Ooh. They won't always be. <laughs> they won't always be um, two creatures. We might verses about, I don't know, Michael Myers versus Ghostface or, you know, 30s horror versus 50s horror. Like we won't always be versing about the same type of horror, but I'm super, super excited to get into this because I think that werewolves and vampire movies are so incredible and i'm so excited to get into them me too i found this a little bit difficult because i've got werewolves and that in my personal opinion there isn't a lot of good werewolf movies out there mm. there are some you know there are some greats like top tier top tier werewolf movies but a lot of them are very questionable as to why they even got made in the first place so Mm. but i'm i'm very happy with my picks me and v both chose three separate movies or iterations of what werewolves and vampires um we're gonna be talking about today so V, do you want me to start or do you want to start our first ever verses? I think you start. Okay. Because I'm okay. excited to see what That's... you're going to go like hit out first, you know. This one was a late um, entry. I had told you the three vampire topics that I wanted to talk about. And last weekend when I was doing research for this episode, I was just like... I really want to talk about this one movie because I feel like it deserves some accolades, but I just kept going back and was like, no, dude, you have to include Dracula. Like, I could not get away with the vampire episode not talking about Dracula. So I rewatched, I was originally going to choose Let the Right One In, 
And then I rewatched Dracula and let the right one in. And I was like, yeah, Dracula all the way. Like, you just can't go wrong with the tale of Dracula. Bram Stoker's original novel has gone on to be like a staple in the horror community. And rightfully so, it's fucking cool. Like, vampires are cool, dude. And this story gives you a romance along with horror. And it's so beautiful. And like, Dracula has spent centuries searching for Mina. Like, to me, I just, I love the tale of Dracula. And there's been like over 200 different adaptations of Dracula. So like, I think he's one of the most frequently, if not the most frequently portrayed movie character of all time. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Oh, yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah, definitely. (laughs) When you think of vampires, you either think of one or two things. Dracula or Twilight. There's no in between. I am absolutely screaming that those are your two vampire inspirations. (laughs) There is nothing wrong with that. (laughs) There's absolutely nothing wrong with that, but I just find it very funny and very on brand for you as well. Now, I will say that a lot of people can argue who's the best Dracula. I mean, I'm sure that people will say Lugosi or Christopher Lee, but one of my favorite portrayals of Dracula is in the Francis Ford Coppola's 92 version of Dracula. You know which one I'm talking about? I think I do. We're talking Gary Oldman. We're talking Winona Ryder. We're talking Keanu Reeves. Okay. We love Keanu Reeves. I know. And he got absolutely annihilated for this role. Like, people were saying that he was horrible. And rewatching it, I'm just like, Jonathan Harker, like, his character, he he's gullible. Like, he plays this, he's almost like a gullible doofus. And I feel like Keanu Reeves plays that perfectly. And I just love Winona Ryder. Like, you, you can't go wrong with Winona Ryder. Oh, absolutely not. No, she is one of those actresses that will just never get old for me. Never. Never. But I really love Gary Oldman as Dracula. Like, he's genius. I feel like he has the perfect mix of, like, sex appeal and sensuality and intimidation to be Dracula. Like, Gary Oldman's kind of scary to me, low-key. Like, I could see him being this evil count that's, you know, murdering people and making um, brides. But I I don't know. I just love this interpretation so, so much. Um, and re-watching it, I'm like, God, I love the shadow work that they do in this movie. I don't know if you, like, vividly remember that. But, like, Dracula is a creature of the night. So I love the manipulation that they used in this film, especially I think it's one of his like first meeting Jonathan. Um, The shadows in that scene was just mm, so good. So good. But yeah, I absolutely love Bram Stoker's Dracula, especially because the costumes and makeup in this movie on point. I'm a sucker for gothic horror, and I feel like this was done right. Like, the costumes were absolutely stunning. Like, rewatching it, I was just like, how did they make all of this? Like, that blows me away that people make all this shit, because I don't know if it's time period accurate or not, okay? That's not my job to find out, but I enjoyed just the scenery that this movie gave us. And Greg Canham for the win he went on to win i think yeah he won an oscar for best makeup in this movie they also went on to win best costume and best sound editing at the oscars that year do you remember the scene in this movie where dracula has the big like hair and he's in all red when he first meets jonathan and he's all old Yes, that is one of the most iconic scenes from that film, completely. Yes, I just, I'm in awe. Like, I thought that the practical effects that were used in this movie was so awesome. And I'm going to go on a rant here, probably, um, not my next movie, but the last movie, about how epic 
Greg Canham is for his vampire work. I mean, he the dude is an absolute legend. Some of his other works be include The Mask, Mrs. Doubtfire, Benjamin Button. Like, this dude oh, yeah. is a fucking king, and I just live for his interpretation of Dracula in this movie. But yeah, I mean... Do you agree? Do you think that Dracula is a strong contender in our werewolves versus vampires? Oh, most definitely. I mean, considering Dracula is one of like, the first iterations of vampires we saw, and, you know, it's been a legend throughout, you know, centuries. Because, obviously, when you think of um, Transylvania, you oh. think Dracula. Like, even if you don't watch horror movies or anything like that, you still know Dracula. You know who Dracula like, is. Yeah, he's iconic. Yeah, yeah. It's like, I think that's why the Universal Monsters are so iconic, is because they were created from folklores and adapted into visualizations of what people have grown up hearing stories of. And Dracula is definitely one of the most iconic Universal Monsters, for sure. And I also, I know that it's lame, but I love that Dracula gives us this love story that he has been searching for Mina um, through the, the ages. And unfortunately, when he finds her again, it's not the same. It's poetic and sad and beautiful and sensual and just any everything that I would want in a horror movie, so... That's my first pick. Moving on to my first pick. Um, so, my first pick out of the bat um, is An American Werewolf in London. Oh, V knows this is one of my favorite <laughs> movies ever. Yep. So, it was pretty much one of the first ones I added to my list, um, as it's pretty much one of the most iconic werewolf movies ever made and it is one of meg's favorite movies so if i didn't put this on it i wouldn't hear the end of it basically uh, we so have you know words. it's fan service for meg <laughs> thank you <laughs> it's fan service so um the director john landis knows how to make a creature feature like oh my god um not only did he make American Werewolf in London. He directed Michael Jackson's Thriller Music video. <laughs> so, and that's when when you think of one of the most iconic music videos, you think of Thriller because not only is it a banger of a song, exactly, it's a banger of a song, and the music video, oh, it's just. Oh, it sticks with you, and this movie sticks with you as well. I found out that John Landis actually shelved this movie for a whole decade. Damn. Before he made it, um, because he wanted to make it when he had a better um, reputation as a director before he made it. But this this is definitely one of the most iconic werewolf movies. And everyone talks about the transformation scene. Oh everyone. my god, yes. Now, how different would that movie have been if it came out in the 70s? Like, so different, I think I completely like. completely different. I think completely different. Like, even just the transformations and the makeup would be mm-hmm. different. Yeah, let's face it. I think An American Werewolf in London came out at the right time and John Landis was very smart for not putting it out when he, you know, originally had it out there. And, you know, it it's a very tragic story when you think about it. Mm-hmm. Like, David watches his friend get attacked by this creature and starts running away, but then goes, I know, I need to see my friend! <laughs> and then goes back and gets attacked himself. And basically throughout the whole film we see him suffer with survivor's guilt and it's not we don't we don't see him transform until an hour into the movie that's mad when you think about it like we're, we're anticipating it we're watching him go through these you know emotions and steps like what what's going on like what's happening sort of thing and then we finally see the most horrific thing you can watch 
and just the way his body stretches and you can feel his agony through the screen but you can't turn away you cannot turn away we have rick baker to think think for that um Mm-hmm. He worked on American Werewolf in London, and fun fact, he did win an Academy Award for that. So I bow to As you, should. Rick Baker. Yes, uh, that is one of the reasons why I love American Werewolf in London so much is because of the artistic liberties that they were able to mm-hmm. take in this movie. I mean, I totally agree with this pick. Oh, yeah. It's it's also, we're going to harp on it again, practical effect use. Mm. The 80s and, you know, I think even, like, the early 90s was so heavy on the use of practical effects. I think now modern films have kind of lost that a little bit, but directors like Guillermo del Toro are trying to... Yeah, definitely. But, like, directors like Guillermo del Toro want to use as much practical effects as possible so it's not dead but i would love to see a lot more of it you know if we could have anything as close to this movie in the sense of the practical effects for the transformation scene everything else would be a win just a win even david's um makeup in that movie was absolutely gnarly like watching him go through like the level of decay that he goes through was mm, Mm -hmm. so good it's the it's the part where in they're, they're in the cinema and mm-hmm. it's just his face is it's just fucked <laughs> almost gone and the only way david can get away from feeling this like this survivor's guilt and you know getting rid of this curse that was on him was to die was to get killed was to ki- get killed or kill himself and obviously the police when you know they shoot the werewolf at the end of it they just see a man they just think that they've just killed a deranged man that's gone on this killing spree they don't actually know that you know this guy was a werewolf yeah (laughs) no for sure like i i love this movie and i feel like it is a very um very cool interpretation of the werewolf lore i'm so glad that you included it um, thank you for the fanfare. I appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you. I mean, I, I do wish John Landers did make at least one more horror comedy, but he's in his 70s now, so I don't think that. that's going to happen. No. I, I wish because the comedy in American Werewolf in London was, you know, it was good. It was, good. It was so good. I wish he did more, but... Yeah, but you know, when directors hit a certain time, they're like, "Yeah, that's it. I'm done. I'm done now." <laughs> Do you agree? Is this a good representation of werewolf movies? Oh yes, <laughs> I totally agree. Like, you can't include, like, you can't talk about werewolves without American Werewolf in London. And when I do come visit you one day, I'm definitely gonna get an American Werewolf in London tattoo while I'm over there. Oh. In the sunny 100%. old UK, haha, <laughs> sarcasm. Don't, th- no, massive sarcasm. The past couple <laughs> of days, our weather has just been rain, snow, sun, wind. It has it's been as bipolar so as my moods. Yeah, <laughs> it has been so windy over here, so I feel you on that. Um, so my next pick for vampires is totally different than I feel a lot of vampire movies. I feel like with vampires, most of the time you get, like, this cool, seductive kind of, like, story. Like, vampires are very sensual and beautiful most of the time, but not in 30 Days a Night. No, ma'am. 30 Days a Night. Oh, no. (laughs) Oh, no. (laughs) So, I'm going to be talking about the 2007 um, movie, but I don't know if you knew that it was also a graphic novel. Did you know that? I did not know that. No. Yes. No. So it is based on a graphic novel miniseries, same name, um, written by Steve Niles and illustrated by Ben Temple Smith. And holy shit, um, you should just look up like the pictures and the illustrations in these graphic novels. Um, it is terrifying. I mean, they they wanted to create a vampire movie that was scary. 
And they definitely did. Like, I feel like in the graphic novels and in the movie, these vampires are some of the freakiest creatures that I've seen on screen. Their teeth are terrifying. Oh, fuck. I told you, like, they're... Yeah, I've literally just looked it up. Those teeth are gnarly. Yes. Like, this is a very animalistic sort of representation of vampires i think in the way their teeth look i feel like this whole um whole series really is um and in these graphic novels vampirism is that how you say it yeah vampirism it is i would say that an illness that you get from like scratches bites and blood so like kind of like a werewolf attack like it's not like a you know oh, they bite me, and I'm, like, struggling, and I'm suffering, and I'm changing. It's, like, an illness that somebody has. It's a disease. And these vampires are super resilient. Like, you have to behead them or expose them to direct sunlight to kill them. So that already makes them so much more frightening. It's not a stake to the heart or a cross or some fucking garlic. Like, they are hard to kill. And if you have not seen 30 Days of Night, the premise is these vampires land in, I think it's Barrow, Alaska, where there is 30 days of night. So you see the these town people, they're getting ready to leave. Like, most of them have left because who wants to stay in 30 days of darkness? Like, I know my depression would be through the motherfucking roof, Okay. me too (laughs) and so when you put that into play with they have to either be beheaded or exposed to direct sunlight like the upper hand that us humans get with daylight is completely taken away and these vampires are absolute savages um v said that it's more animalistic and it's so true the filmmakers gave these vampires their own language so they talk in like clicks and like weird noises and that just already adds to this inherently animalistic look to them like if you've not seen 30 days a night number one you need to go watch it number two you know probably the scariest scene at least to me is They are surrounding this woman and she's like, oh my God, oh my God. And like, you don't really hear the vampires speak in English much, but he like goes up to her and he like looks up to the sky and then looks at her and he's like, no God. Like, oh, that sends like Mm. shivers down my spine, dude. Like so fucking scary. I'm not going to lie to you. Um, I saw this movie probably when I was in middle school. And after I watched it, I went and watched Twilight because I was like, I need vampires that are not scary. Like, the 30 Days of Night movie shook me to my core and I watched it a couple of years ago and I was like, fuck yeah, these things are super scary. Yeah, it's it's an amazing adaptation of what vampires are. So I completely agree with you putting this on this list. Like, yes, it's it's. It's so nice that they can take a concept like vampires and, you know, evolve it into something more. Yeah. Like, and it's such a great movie. It's just such a great movie. Like, you are, like, on the edge of your seat the whole movie because these vampires are cold-blooded hunters. Like, they're hunting the people that are left in this town. Um they the some of the survivors have to go and like live in an attic and be super quiet as these vampires go door to door and just ravage this town and the survivors that are left and toward the end when they know that you know the sun is going to come up that it's almost their 30 days of um fun are almost over they start to set the town on fire they make sure that no stone is left unturned and they are gonna get whoever they can and make them a meal and it's just crazy if you haven't seen 30 days a night I don't want to ruin the ending but I know that some people did have some issues with how that movie ended but I thought it was 
kind of poetic and and beautiful but that's just me no i do agree with you like people find the weirdest things to get upset over don't they like it's just a fucking movie get over it (laughs) yes and saying that we after the reboot episode it's like this movie is shit it sucks (laughs) um yeah. It ain't that serious, all right? It ain't that serious. But no, I, I completely agree. Like, the ending for it, I didn't think was that bad. Like, it was definitely very poetic. And watching the whole film, you're kind of like, okay, yeah. Like, I don't think it could have ended any other way. Yeah, no, I... And I really loved um Josh Hartnett in this. I mean, when do I not? He's... I'm gonna go off on Why a tangent. Why do I not love this man? I'm gonna go off on a tangent um, about him in a series that I hope that we can cover sometime because I love that man so much. <laughs> um, I think he's awesome. He's also in um, Halloween. He's in the Halloween movies. He plays Laurie's son. Anyway, that is my second entry for my vampire binge extravaganza i was watching so many fucking vampire movies dude i was in it i was in it hardcore but this movie you got deep you got deep in that hole i went deep yeah um but this movie still kind of scares me those vampires are freaky deaky dude very scary oh yeah i completely agree with you yeah so mind third pick um is Ginger Snaps. Mm-hmm. And kind of like 30 Days a Night, it's a different take on werewolf movies. If you think about it, when um, Ginger um, gets attacked by a werewolf and her transformation starts to begin, it coincides with her puberty. So in a way, the werewolf transformation kind of represents the change um certain women go through when they've hit puberty because obviously not all women you know have periods and stuff like that so it's definitely for my eyes who you know did go through you know the change the period the mood swings and stuff like that it's definitely feels like the werewolfism is a replacement for that in a way Yes, I fucking love Ginger Snaps. Like, I love that movie. So, Snaps. Snaps very good choice. Um, man, we're going to really be, like, head-to-head because we have such good choices in this. Yeah, I, I know in my heart which one's better. But, like I said to you before we started, when there are good werewolf movies, there are great werewolf movies and ginger snaps is definitely one of them like mm-hmm. the the whole the um, series of ginger snaps it's like you you see more iterations of how you know ginger and her sister deal with this whole werewolf transformation because obviously I'm not going to spoil the end of Ginger Snaps for you because that would be a disservice for you not watching it. Um, but it's just the way it was um, shown to the audience that, you know, Ginger was going through this change and, you know, when you go through the change, you feel like something's wrong with you and you can feel your body changing and you don't you don't know quite how to handle it. And it was just so well written. I'm in love with it. And Catherine Isabel, in my eyes, is such an underrated screen screen queen. Like, 100%. Mm-hmm. Um, I watched a movie um, not that long ago called American Mary. Oh my god. In. You hadn't seen that movie? No, I hadn't Dude, seen it. I didn't American even know Mary it existed. so good. I, I didn't know it existed until I was like scrolling through Netflix trying to find something to watch. And I was like, oh... This looks quite interesting. And holy shit. I wish I knew about it sooner. And mm-hmm. Catherine Isabel is just an amazing actress. Like, I love her so much. And she's got such a distinct look about her. She's so beautiful. And Yeah, 100%. And did you know, um, Catherine and Emily Perkins, who plays Bridget, um, they both auditioned on the same day 
and they both got the roles that they auditioned for. Oh, I think cool. it was meant to be. 100%. But I I love the look of Ginger. Like, when her hair starts changing. Oh, my God, yeah. I just... Oh, the clothes. Um, This came out in the 2000s. So, I it was, I think, shot in, like, 1999. Um, and you can tell... The clothes. Oh, my God, the clothes. Ah. And even, like, the um, practical effects of Ginger's look changing. Oh, yeah. Were good. Were 100% good. I thought this was a super cool, um, creative look when it comes to a werewolf design. Um, Ginger was super scary (laughs) when she changed. Yeah. And this movie is super brutal, too. Like, I didn't really, watching it the first time, didn't expect it to be as intense as it was, especially when we get to the ending. Yeah, 100%. Like, I think it was a nice representation of two sisters, Ginger looking out for Bridget, and obviously when Bridget starts hanging out with this older guy, Ginger's like, um, excuse me, she's a minor. And I love <laughs> get that the fuck away like, from her. I don't look at you like that. <laughs> it's like, yeah. thank you. Who? Thank you. And it was a woman that wrote this, right? Yes. Yeah. Yes. So you definitely, women make such amazing movies. And I loved that, like mm-hmm. you said, she made these characters smart. And I loved all of the characters' relationships that kind of intermingle in this movie. Yeah, yeah. And you definitely felt like um, Ginger and Bridget were the outcasts. A hundred percent. And they were just like, they they were cool with it, though. They were like, mm, fuck these guys. Let's go pretend to kidnap this person's dog and make it seem like the werewolf killed them. Let's take pictures of us dying all these brutal deaths for our um, class project. <laughs> they were yeah. super cool. Like... It really was. And John um, Valquette. Valquette? I'm going with that. Um, He, um, I think, directed this. Let me double check my sources. Bear with our listeners. Um, but John Valquette um, also directed 17 episodes of one of my favourite TV shows, Orphan Black. You are, you're missing out. If you have not watched Orphan Black, oh my god. It is fan. Alright, I'll make you a promise right here on air. I will watch Orphan (laughs) Black when you watch Penny Dreadful. Uh, It's on my to-watch list, (laughs) alright? I just haven't got round to it. (sighs) I've been playing video games. I'm a gamer girl. (laughs) But that's cool. Yeah, John Valquette, um... He directed it and he also wrote part of the story and Karen Walton um, was also one of the writers for it. And she also was an executive producer for Orphan Black. So no wonder I love this film so much. It's just great. If you have not seen it, highly recommend. Highly, highly recommend. But Meg, do you think it belongs on this list? absolutely the top three picks ginger snaps um is amazing i love 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 this movie if you have not seen ginger snaps please watch it it was on my watch list for the longest time and i'm so grateful that i got around to watching it we shared our picks ahead of time me and v we told each other what we were going to be talking about and i feel like both of us left our favorite movies for last <laughs> I I didn't do it deliberately. I how I laid out my list was by release order. And it just coincided with my favorite pick being last. <laughs> I went completely out of order um with my picks. I just let it flow. It came from my heart. I just said this is it how came I'm from doing my badissy. Yep, exactly. That's exactly where it came from, but um uh my number one pick for our first ever versus is one of my favorite 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 horror movies it surpasses one of my favorite vampire movies because it's just so fucking rad and that is the night chicken (laughs) i don't know if anybody else caught that but she was like oh she's probably like shut the fuck up 
Um, it is 1987's The Lost Boys. Oh my god, I'm about to geek out right now because I absolutely <laughs> love this movie. Joel Schumacher, I think that's how you say his name, gave us an absolutely iconic film. And I will be forever thankful to him for this. Do you like The Lost Boys? Before I even get into my whole gossip session, do you like The Lost Boys? Set confession time. Oh, oh, I'm scared. I'm scared. I'm shaking right now. I haven't actually watched it. Are you fucking kidding me? How could you not? I've seen clips. All right. No, I. That's not. Know the that's premise. not an excuse. Nope. You. Have I just to. haven't got round to it. Okay. <laughs> you need to watch this movie. I swear to God, V. If the next time we record, you have not watched it, dude. This movie is so fucking good. At least I'm honest with you. I could lie and go, yeah, it was like one of the best movies I've ever watched. At least I'm not lying to you. At least I'm honest that I haven't watched it. Man, that really bums me out. And I do apologize that I haven't watched it. I know how iconic of a vampire movie it is, all right? I just, I'm sorry. <laughs> I have to be in the right frame of mind. And I haven't been because I've been, I've been a gamer girl lately. <laughs> no, I'm joking. I will watch it. I promise this week... I will watch it. Okay, good. And I hope that what I'm pinky about to promise. lay down for you is... Okay, I'll pinky promise you. Thank you. Pinky promise through our phones. <laughs> um, I hope that I'm going to do this justice and hype it up enough for you. Because this movie's incredible. Okay. I, I, I wait with anticipation for your explanation as to why Lost Boys is your first pick. So the 80s vibe in this movie, first of all is real and i am absolutely fucking living for it joel schumacher got this after the guy that directed the goonies um he was originally supposed to direct this movie and then something happened and he didn't so the main characters in this movie were supposed to be children in these roles and it was supposed to play off like the lost boys like the peter pan you know these kids never age because they're vampires but Joel Schumacher, God, I fucking hope I'm saying his name right, gave us a horror vampire movie that met, like, 80s teen comedy. They, he kind of meshed the two things together, and it went so, so well. Like, it was pure genius, and I'm so glad that he had control artistically for this movie because they gave you almost, like, an 80s hair metal vibe the lost boys did but like in the absolute best way possible the soundtrack for this movie is i mean in fucking incredible there is a song in it that it, that repeats throughout god i fucking wish that you had seen this movie it's so good I watch it. it's so so good he takes 80s style and puts it with this vampire movie that just oh if you know me you know I love 80s culture, I love 80s music, I love 80s movies, so this is just like nestled deep in my heart, like it's so important to me. And the casting for this, you know that Kiefer Sutherland is like the main vampire, right? Um, yes, he's a British actor, so I know exactly what he's like, thank you very much, Brits for the win, hell yeah! Okay, good, good, good. He was so good in this role, and I absolutely loved the entire cast. Like, all of the adult cast is so hot. Like, when you watch it, Star is, like, mysterious and beautiful, and so is, I think his name, it's Michael. This movie is just so, so iconic, but there are two characters that I'm sure when you watch it, you are going to absolutely love because this movie i feel like would almost be nothing without them and that is edgar and alan frog so they are these two comic loving horror nerds that are just ready to save the day but they are like inspired by rambo they're they're like gruff and they're like yeah, dude, we're gonna kill these vampires. And they're like middle schoolers and they're just so cute. Like, they're like little 80s Van Helsings. I absolutely adore them. The Frog Brothers 
walked so Buffy could run, okay? These two are the absolute shit and I'm sure you're gonna adore them. Am I giving you like a good like, you know, am I pulling you to want to watch it? I, I do want to watch it, like most definitely. And you are doing a fantastic job as it, at explaining it. So I good. do appreciate that. So I'm happy that that is the case because this movie, it's just gold. Like it has the right amount of comedy in the right amount of horror they make you find these vampires that David is kind of the ringleader of so sexy and alluring and they're the ones that I said remind me of like an 80s hair metal band they have these motorcycles and they're like partying and they're just so cool I feel like it really and was inspirational because of Greg Canham's work. Mentioned him earlier. He also did the 92 Dracula makeup, but you got these kind of simple yet chilling looks to the gang of vampires. Like he streamlined their makeup so well that made them feel realistic without pushing it too far into the scary like I know before they hired him on they brought on somebody who just made the vampires look a little bit gnarly but because this was kind of like a teen comedy as well they wanted them to be more like teenagers and give you more of like a human look and that really I feel like inspired a lot of um, future creature concepts and this movie not only looks-wise, but also, like, comedy-wise, really inspired Buffy the Vampire Slayer. So I'm sure that that's why I like it as much as I do, because I love the Lost Boys so much. This movie doesn't have a lot of gory, gruesome details, but there is one scene in particular, um, the bonfire scene. When you watch it, I'm sure that you'll know what I'm talking about, but it is kind of chaotic it's a hundred percent chaotic energy but they give you a kind of look into the more gruesome details of what being a vampire is like and the way that they transition into vampires in this movie is so cool to me like they really take the vampire concepts of like garlic and inviting people in and holy water into a different um a different feel to this movie I, I don't want to say too much since you haven't seen it but this movie kind of collectively takes vampires as a whole and just puts a whole new spin on it I really don't want to say too much because I want to talk about <laughs> the ending scene but since you haven't seen it I'm going to save it for maybe a later episode because there is kind of like a plot twist in this movie that you aren't necessarily see coming like you aren't seeing it but it's good god I love the lost boys I've watched this movie several times and it's I just wish that I could have lived in the 80s bummer bummer very sad but yeah this I mean this movie has a very I don't special think I would have survived the 80s oh my god I fucking would have been at concerts every every other day I feel like I just the costuming in this movie, the makeup in this movie, the soundtrack in this movie, the acting in this movie, God, it's just so good. I want a Lost Boys tattoo. That's how much I love it. Well, then get one. <laughs> I think I'm going to. Maybe I will. Do it. Do it, do it, do it, do it, do it. But yeah, I mean, if you like, I know that you love horror comedies. I mean, this, this toes the line of a horror comedy I feel like it wouldn't have been as good without the touches of comedy and I just am so so happy that they took it to more of a teenage um place rather than children I feel like that would have been a little weird um and they just made vampires sexy like I feel like before this vampires were more sensual and decrepit and I feel like this really pioneered vampire storytelling into what it is today I just this movie is so pivotal in vampire um in the vampire timeline I just I'm still shocked and shook and oh my god I can't believe that you haven't seen it 
I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Well, going from very sexy vampires to very unsexy werewolves. (laughs) (laughs) I don't think you can make werewolves sexy, let's face it. Um, Penny Dreadful, um, I can say that we disagree. (laughs) Okay, fine. Fine. So I've got to watch Penny Dreadful and Lost Boys. Yes. Penny Dreadful, you need to have like a three-day weekend where you are ready to go on a ride and cry. (laughs) That's me all the time. Well, in a couple (laughs) weeks, I'm off work for a week, so I will binge it then. All right? If that is okay with you. Sounds beautiful. Okay. So moving on to my last pick. And it is Werewolves Within. Now, this is by far one of my favourite movies I've watched in the last couple of years. And after I watched it, I went and got my parents to watch it. I got Meg to watch it. Mm -hmm. Because I was just like, dude, listen, there hasn't been a good werewolf movie in a very long time. You need to watch this film. And what were your thoughts? I love Werewolves Within. Exactly. Say, I think the cast is amazing. The story is fantastic. Um, Werewolves Within is actually an adaptation um, of a video game by the same name, where you basically sit around a vampire uh, campfire, and you basically have got to detect who among you are it, it is a, va- a werewolf. I'm trying to get vampires out of my brain. Jesus Christ. Um, but you can't tell it's an adaptation of a video game. Like, if you didn't know that, then, you know, I don't blame you because I didn't know it was an adaptation of a video game when I watched it. I didn't know that either. Um, here you go. And Josh Rubin, who is the director of this, um, doesn't have a lot of di- um, director credits. 17 to be exact. Um, but when I was looking... I think this is, was actually his full uh, first full-fledged film feature. Um, and the writer, Mishan Wolf, um, has only written Werewolves Within. Um, so, Mishan, you need to write some more horror comedies for me because I will watch them without any questions asked. Even if they're bad, I will watch them because this film was so funny. So, so, so funny. I I enjoyed it. And even though you can probably guess who the werewolf is instantly, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. The actors. I didn't guess them accurately the first I time. I didn't. So. I didn't, but my mum did. <laughs> I was like, God damn it, mum. Mother's intuition. But it doesn't matter. Yeah, it really doesn't matter. The actors in this film each stole the show totally agree and you know i will make every single person i know watch this film um the you don't see it's kind of like american werewolf in london you don't see the transformation of the werewolf until the end because obviously you don't know who it is you kind of like everyone seems suspicious in the town so it's only right at the end you actually see the transformation and i think the transformation was actually pretty good for you know american werewolf in london standards it was pretty good no i totally agree i feel like you probably like this movie a lot because i know that one of your favorite movies is clue and this movie has a very whodunit um feeling Mm. to it yeah yeah definitely and clue is a very cult classic movie like oh never seen it tim curry once again if you so clue is the american name for cluedo um which is a board game of like you know whodunit sort of thing and i'm very much into that sort of thing like if i could be a detective i'll be a very bad one but i will do my best (laughs) I would do my best to, you know, find out who done it. And, you know, the actors in this. Oh, my God. I I think I've got a perfect segue to a film slash TV show. 
that we both watch mm. that may or may not contain vampires and werewolves. I think I know what you're talking about. <laughs> do you do you do you know what I'm talking about? I, I think do. you might know who I'm talking about. Yes, mm. of course. We are obviously talking about. Oh my god, I'm gonna butcher his name. Harvey <laughs> Gil Gullion. Gullion? I think he Gillian? is in Harvey. Harvey. I think it's, it's Harvey. Um, I know that two L's in Spanish make a Y sound, and I think that he is Latin X, right? Yes. So I'm gonna just stick with Harvey because I I've just absolutely butchered his surname. But anyway, it's a part. He stars in this film, and he's a part of a gay couple, and it, they're just so funny. And, you know, I think we both wanted to talk about this TV show because there are a couple of episodes where both vampires and werewolves are together and that is what we do in the shadows. Yes, I wanted to do a segment after our verses talking about things that have both werewolf and vampires. But yes, I love what we do in the shadows. Um, And I love their interpretation of both vampires and werewolves. I think that it's so funny, especially when you see them on screen together. I mean, it's... (laughs) Oh, fuck. It's so funny. I I started making my parents watch this show because I was like, listen, listen. They they just make the vampires so funny. And they're just, you know, people just don't even question it. They're just walking about in their, like, period clothes and they're like... Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna take you for a meal. I'm like and... I think that they're in New York City. I've never been to New York City, but I would assume that you just see all types of people. They're no, they're in Staten Island, I think, but close enough. Yeah, so... they're, they're no, no, no. Yeah, they got to take over Staten Island. Yeah, they're in Staten Island. It's close enough. I'm sure you see weird people out there all the time. So you know, no big deal. Never been. I don't know what Staten Island looks like. What I... kind of people hang out? But. This this program, oh my god, it's so funny. And they give you kind of different vampires as well. Like Colin is an energy vampire. Yeah. And the others are, you know, your typical blood-sucking vampires. But then you also have, like, the Baron, which is totally different. Mm. Like, they do give you very different interpretations of vampires. But I like the lifelong feud between vampires and werewolves in this show. Like, it's unmatched. They're, they, the, the series treats werewolves more like dogs. Um, and I just think that it's so funny. Could that be because we're looking at it from a vampire perspective? Maybe. But the werewolf um, interactions with the main cast of What We Do in the Shadows is just so fucking funny. Especially when Nandor um, turns his lover And she's also been courted by a werewolf. So she's like half werewolf, half vampire. It's fucking hilarious. If you haven't seen it, we highly recommend it. It's so funny. It is just great. There is also a film that came out before the TV show. And um, that film has um, who I love the most, Taika Waititi. I adore that man so much. Yeah, my tattoo artist no actually introduced me to that movie, but I personally love the show so much. I just also love Nandor, the character of Nandor. Just love him. But Anna love Gizmo or Guillermo, mm. which is essentially their familiar. <laughs> but yes, um, this is a great great um thing to talk about when we're talking about things that include both werewolves and vampires which there's one that i don't know if you've seen but it's actually a british show that was also turned into an american show and i watched the american being human yes i watched the american version and i loved this one so it was about a werewolf and a vampire and a ghost living together in the same house i enjoyed seeing like these two creatures of the night share their home together because normally you see them where 
like in this podcast, you're feuding, like they don't normally get along. So I just, I love being human. I watched it um, when I was a teenager. So I don't really remember a whole lot about the plot, but I just remember that it was awesome. And everybody was like obsessed with Aiden, but I was obsessed with the werewolf. So, you know. <laughs> no, I, I watched, um, obviously the original version which is the British version and yeah it was it was a very interesting take of like you know a house share sort of situation but with these creatures like a ghost a vampire and a werewolf all doing a house share together it's just it's fantastic like you I watched it when I was in my teen years so I don't remember a lot about the plot but all I remember is just watching it and just finding it so funny so 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 funny so yeah great choice great choice um did you have anything else that you wanted to talk about when it comes to werewolves and vampires because i have one thing that i've already talked about but that's penny dreadful um i don't really i have picks of what i would have picked if i had vampires so do you want to do you want to do that first or do you want to talk about penny dreadful i was just gonna say that um penny dreadful is essentially where they take werewolves vampires frankenstein dr jekyll mr hyde um dorian gray and witches and the occult and just put them into a gothic time period in victorian england kind of um and their take on werewolves versus vampires is so different than literally anything that i've seen like their motivations behind the feud is really really intriguing and for anyone that enjoys monsters you should definitely watch this show it is like a work of art it's so beautiful but i really love the werewolf aspect of this show because i know that you probably will watch this but they stage it as if um it's a time period where jack the ripper is happening and they think that these werewolf attacks are jack the ripper um so it is super interesting and it's also a play on a movie that you talked about earlier today um when it comes to the werewolf part of this show i'm not gonna say anymore because it is kind of like a secret um when it comes to what's going on with this werewolf but i definitely say you should watch it if you're a fan of werewolves and vampires because it's crazy. Well, I've already promised that I'm going to watch it, so you don't need to tell me twice. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so um, I have one pick for werewolves, because you pretty much included the three movies that I would have talked about if I were to have gotten werewolves, so I only have one pick, but I know that you have multiple for vampires. I do. <laughs> do you want me to go first? Yeah, sure, that's fine. <laughs> so... Even though Meg's picks were fantastic, these are my personal choices for vampires. And that is um, the 1922 uh, um, take of Nasferatu, um, Blade, and Van Helsing. Like, these, these are just top-tier vampire movies. Just top-tier. And they're all so different as well. And Van Helsing, even though not you know directly a vampire it's still got vampires in it like if you watch what we do in the shadows you'll know exactly what i'm talking about when it comes to van helsing but yeah they're just iconic and yeah i love them i love them dearly what's um your pick that you had for werewolves um i would have included the short i don't know i guess it's short story or story um from trick or treat um because those werewolves were sexy and mm. it was interesting because they were like hunting in a pack so i personally love the movie trick or treat it is a staple mm-hmm. during halloween time in my house and i just love that you got this 
these hot girls, um, especially like Little Red Riding Hood. Um, it was, it, it's just perfect. I love Trick or Treat so much, but that is what I would have included. Me too. Um, because I oh. love all the movies that you chose. Um, oh, well, I think it's now time for us, between us, to decide which one is better. And I already know what you think. Yeah. You, you, you hands down pick vampires and werewolves any day. They're just so fucking cool. Like, the allure of them. Like, I want to be a vampire. Like, if vampires were real, I'd be like, yeah, bite me. That just seems so fun. How do you know they're not real? Um, I know a few energy vampires, so I know that's real. But, um... <laughs> <laughs> brilliant and plus being a werewolf seems like it would hurt it's very hairy yeah very hairy i mean and you have to like you rip off your clothes like what if you really liked the outfit that you were wearing that night like that'd be not fun (sighs) i don't think absolutely not no no but meg doesn't know which are which one i would pick which i would prefer and it will probably come to no surprise to anyone that I actually think we- uh, vampires are better. Yes. So we don't really have to duke it out on this versus, but... Um... No. I think it's because there are so many great vampire movies and so many great interpretations of vampires that werewolves can't even hold a light up to it. Like, the three movies I picked... Um, and the um, segment in Trick or Treat that Meg suggested are probably the only good, uh, minus, you know, what we do in the shadows, um, takes and interpretations of werewolves I've seen. Mm. Um, the howling's good whereas vamp- too. Mm. Okay, okay, but there's just so many more great vampire movies yeah, than there are true. not. Like, like I said, there's like so. 200 adaptations of dracula so it's just exactly i totally agree but i would love to make a poll on our twitter um to see what our listeners think so if you're listening to this um we will post our poll um probably the day that this comes out so if you are listening to this please go to um horror huns pod on twitter and um vote on what you think is best werewolves or vampires um and i think we can do polls on instagram too right like we can yeah so i'll probably do a cheeky poll you know on the ig and the twitter so yeah if you follow us on one and not the other it's absolutely fine i'll be doing the same poll on both in our instagram social medias those who don't follow us is horror huns podcast our twitter is horror huns pod so let us know what would your picks have been for our first ever versus werewolves or vampires. Um, like what movies or um, novels or video games would you have included um, when talking about these two iconic horror creatures? Yes. Yes, yes, yes. We would absolutely love to know because there could be some hidden gems that we don't even know about. So it would be great. If you guys could let us know and we already know what our next versus is going to be. And I'm I'm super excited for the next versus. I am excited for the next versus too. And if there is something that you want us to verse about, versus about, I don't know how you would say that. But like, Fight. say you want fucking, I don't know. Um, I don't Chucky know. versus Annabelle. Oh, <laughs> that would be a good one. Or, hmm... What's another good one, do you think? Like, if you want us to talk about, say, even, like, Evil Dead 1 versus Army of Darkness. Like, if you want us to talk about two things, um, just let us know, because mm-hmm. I think it'd be it'd be fun. Yeah, 100%. Like, I'm very excited. Like, it doesn't even have to be, you know, um, movies. No. It can be, you know, Silent Hill versus Resident Evil. Mm-hmm. Like, it could literally be anything in the horror realm. So, let us know. And or if you want us to course, do, like, I have... Stephen King versus R.L. Stein. That'd be a good one, too. Like, 
That'd be fun. Oh, bitch. We got to do that one now. <laughs> oh, bitch. <laughs> anyway, um, that is all we've got left in our brains, really, for today. So, my name has been V. And her name has been Meg. Yeah. And that's it. Um, <laughs> that's it. Do you have any last words today, V? I don't think I do. I think I've got nothing left in my brain today. Um, all I think about is video games. Because I'm a gamer girl. 